0: hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 1970 my name is ed and joining me as always is my co-host mark damon mark i know you're here listening but before we bring you in i'm probably going to just go ahead and address the elephant in the room if you're watching this on youtube you probably have noticed this uh whichever side this is my long gash that i have in my face here um sorry everything's backwards here um so you can see that long gash i'm okay don't worry uh, don't listen to the rumors. I was not attacked by any Barcelona fans or anyone in the Keeler Novice fan club The truth is I was cutting down uh, some trees this weekend in my backyard and a branch came down and crashed into my face So it's been a while since I've actually been in a fight So it's good to know that I can take a punch and uh, I'll, at least now I look like I am ready for Halloween Maybe I'll go as like Omar from the wire or something. So I've mentioned it before here's Mark Damon mark welcome into the show Thanks so much for holding it down while I was out on vacation. How are you? You're wearing your uh Giants gear. They got a win for you today. So uh PSG lose, but all in all, decent weekend for you.
1: I would say I was going I was just going to say I, I, I assumed you just gotten in a bar fight. So, you know.
0: Yeah. At, at least at
1: the least the other st- guy. At least yeah. You see, you see the tree. Um <laughs> See the tree. Well, you know, overall good week, I have to say. Um you know despite today's um, loss that they had to get up in the morning and watch um, you know PSG are still in a pretty good spot they're still what like 5 6 points ahead in the in the, in the league and they've sort of stabilized themselves in the Champions League so you can't you know you can't get too upset although i'm sure people will but yeah, you know it's you it's the lead. it's the you know it's the sort of super sized expectations of everything where um a loss like this is, you know, it's unacceptable. You know, how can PSG lose a game like that? And it's like PSG always lose games. We'll get into it, but PSG always lose games like this. This is the game, this is the signature game that they lose at all the time. The one after they big Champions League victory, then they come back in the league and they and they put out a bit of a stinker. It happens literally all the time.
0: And it always seems like it's always Ren every single time. Yeah. It's always them. It doesn't matter who well, the manager Ren, is. Well, Ren
1: played that game like you know, if they didn't win, that there was somebody who had their families hostage and were going to shoot them after the match, if, if, you know, if the result didn't go their way, I mean, they played with like, they played like their hair was on fire and PSG just couldn't match that energy. And even though they played some nice football, they just couldn't match the energy. Like Ren just went for it. You know, they, they got, they got their chances. They took them Mm -hmm. and just, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't PSG's night as they, as they say.
0: Yeah, well, let, let's just get into that then. So the game was on, I think it was like 5 a.m. for me, 7 o'clock in the morning for you, ridiculously early, but uh, PSG go down to uh, Stad Rene, 2-0 at Roseanne Park. You had a goal from Gaetan Laborde in the 45th minute, and then basically right after halftime, Flavian Tate, uh, just after halftime, uh, goes in and scores uh, the second, and um, from there... It, it was all, Ren. They 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 skate with the three points. Um, PSG, as you mentioned, I thought played some good football. Um, I didn't really have any issues with the starting lineup. In fact, I loved it. I love that Poch went with four attack-minded players and Di Maria, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. I thought there was some excellent link-up play there. Um, the finishing was just atrocious from almost every single one of them. Messi hit the bar. Mbappe off target, Neymar off top target, which is kind of becoming a thing for Neymar. It's a little bit worrisome that he's not able to find the, the net. But just a, a weird game from PSG. I thought they played well enough to win. They just didn't – they weren't clinical enough, which for a team with that kind of quality up front, it's very uncharacteristic. Um, so – and then the goals. I guess I should address this. Donnarumma was in goal, led in two. But I mean, those were like the kind of goals you score in FIFA. I mean, these guys were getting crosses and just banging them in from point blank range. I mean, Donnarumma really had no chance at all. So I don't blame him for either one of those. It really was the defense that let him down. So that's Look, kind if, of we're my gonna get, if we're going to yeah, get go to a point, if we're going to get to a point where
1: we're you know micromanaging every single you know goal that's let in, like I, I think that's I think that's just taking it to sort of a, another level of uh, melodrama that. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for us fans. You know, I understand. You know, if you want to, if you want to sell some some papers and stuff, if you yeah. think that that's a drama, but it doesn't seem like there's really any drama here. I think Donnarumma is slowly becoming the number one, and Navas is going to get his starts, and you're just going to have to. Um, you know it's just going to it's going to evolve over the year and by the end of the year Donnarumma is going to be the starting goalkeeper and Kaylor Navas by the end of the year is going to be the, the backup and Navas is going to get moved in the summer and i think that's you know i think that's pretty much what's going to happen i don't think there's really that much shock here about what you know what the future holds so i don't really even think it's much of a controversy to be honest you
0: don't understand the keeler novice fan club i kind of joked earlier but man any like slight to him and and people just come after me on youtube and twitter and
1: he's a good goalkeeper but he's 35 and he's 35 dunnar almost 22 like they're 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 getting you know they're heading towards the future here and that's that and that's that's what they're doing and it's the it's the right call Absolutely. The problem with that game, and, and I kind of will disagree with you here, I don't think they should have went I, I know what they're trying to do. I know they're trying to make Di Maria happy, and I understand it. Di Maria's been a loyal soldier in the army here, and he's, you know and you don't want to completely shut him out and you don't want to, you know, have him just you know, be a bench warmer, because that's a little beneath Di Maria's skill level. But playing the four of them together just doesn't work. Like even in a game like this, it just doesn't it doesn't work because there's just not enough um, there's not enough defense out there to balance things. When you have those four, three of them are, are you know Messi, Neymar, and Di Maria are basically versions of the same player. And obviously, I think Messi being the the most elite version of that player, Neymar coming in second, Di Maria coming in third but they're all sort of similar kinds of players to do similar but not exactly the same kind of thing and then you have Mbappe who has to then basically play striker/winger and you leave yourself with Verratti and Gay in the midfield and on both of those goals Ren just sort of bypassed whatever non-existent midfield there was because you know Adrisa Gay and Verratti help in the attack too so you're basically playing you know six four you know six guys in the attack and then four guys have to stay back and defend and not even four because Hakimi and Nuno Mendez are getting forward too. So, you know, I think I've been thinking about identity lately and just you know what is PSG's identity as a club? And I think during the QSI era, it's gotten a bit muddled because I feel like you know at the beginning there was an attempt to sort of be Barcelona 2.0 and play that kind of style. And I don't think it worked well for them. And you've seen, you know, PSG sort of grasping for what is the kind of style they're going to play. And I think if we look at the two games that um, we just watched this week, I think you see one style that PSG play in the Champions League that has become really super effective, and then you see PSG wasteful in possession in League Gun, And it's like you don't see a team at that top level basically having to play two completely different styles of football within the course of a week. And I think it starts to get and I don't think it even starts to, I think this has been the case for years. I think it gets confusing after a while. And I don't think PSG's the best... I don't think the best version of PSG is this sort of high-volume possession, make pretty passes, get the ball into the 18, intricate intricate one-two combos, trying to walk the ball into the net. I don't think they're good at that. I think they have guys who, you know, in another um, in another context, maybe could play that style. But I think when you put all those attackers together... It doesn't really connect as well because the balance really isn't there. And when they couldn't take their chances in the first half, and Ren were able to get on top with those two, I think they should have gone to something more defensive earlier, maybe even at half, because they just they can't. You can't just unless you're getting the ball in the back of the net. You just can't sustain that kind of. Um, you can't sustain that kind of attack. It's just too many guys, you know, stumbling and fumbling in each other's way. And I thought you saw that a little bit with Neymar, which is what's his role here. And I think he's a smart enough player where he should figure it out. But right now it's a problem because he's not good enough as a finisher. He's not scoring at the volume he did at Barcelona when he was, you know, a winger off the side with Messi. I don't think he's that, you know, he's not able to do that because Mbappe is really playing that position. And then Neymar's now trying to be playmaker. And you have so many attack players on the field that Ren are so far back that the the lanes aren't open. And then when Neymar gets in front of goal, like he did in the first half, he just hits the ball, you know, 30 feet in the air. And he's just not clinical in his finishing. So he really has to figure out. Okay, either he has to, you know, get better in front of goal to sort of balance the attack more, or he has to, you know, or they have to figure out. You know, does Messi go to the right wing, Neymar to the left, or Neymar central and Bappe to the left? Do you have to play a cardi more to give you a little bit more of a target, especially in games where you're, you know, having a large amount of the possession. I think all these things are sort of, you have to figure them out. But I think what we have figured out is playing those four together. I I just, I I think they need to stop trying to be two teams, like pick an identity. And you saw on on Tuesday, the kind of identity that they, that this club really is. And it's sort of a weird thing. You have like the glamour of the high-priced players and the superstars and the, and the Eiffel Tower and all the glamour, but then you also have that sort of underbelly of the you know, the Paris suburbs, the the sort of the urban nature of the club, the multicultural sort of um, you know street, for lack of a better term, the the part of the club that grew during the eighties and the nineties and i think when psg are at their best they're sort of an, able to sort of mix the two like like you know it's a weird formula that works where you can mix the glamour the glamour players and the stars with that sort of streak tough ability of a marquinhos or a Paredes or a tiago mata or you know adris gay or someone of that mix like that to me is where psg need to find that balance and i think you saw in a game like this, I thought they almost had too much of the ball. Like, it was just not a...
0: percent f- possession, I think it was. Yeah, 67 to 33.
1: Yeah, it's just... And, and what did they do with it? Like, you don't see Manchester City playing their ticket, you know, their Pep Guardiola style in the Champions League and then going to the Premier League and playing a completely different kind of game. Even if the other team is trying to give you the ball, like, you just, you don't see that you know, whatever your style is, you need to pick it and you have to commit to it. And I think you're starting to see a a style develop in the Champions League with that City victory where they played it exactly right. That's exactly how you play City. They took, you know, we're kind of mixing the two games up, but I do think it's important because I think these two games are sort of linked in a way. You saw them take away the middle of the field. You saw them work the outside, force Grealish and uh, we had Mars to beat them on the perimeter and they couldn't do it. And then you go to a game like the one we had today and PSG are, you know, forced to the outside. They have to try to play crosses in. They're not getting clean looks. They're not getting out in space. And when you see them out in space, that's where they're dangerous. You know, watch Atletico Madrid on Saturday. You know they could have had more of the ball against Barcelona. That Barcelona team wasn't any good. They could have easily had more of the ball, but they chose not to, and they chose to play their style. And they got up to nothing, and then they sat in, and they just let Barcelona be ineffective in front, in in, in with the possession. So I feel like that's sort of the last hurdle of they have to to be more consistent, cons- you know, to be a more consistent team. They have to, you know. They have to pick a style and stay with it and play that style, and adapt that style to what they're doing. They can't be two different teams. They can't be, you know, seventy percent possession in league on and then completely transition to another style in the Champions League. Like, and I've been wanting to kind of articulate this for for years now, and I think it's pretty obvious when you see that this is becoming, you know, it's becoming a bit of an issue
0: identity is huge if you don't have one you're you're going to struggle in in league on and the Champions League. And so for me, I think you're spot on to call that out. Now, what is that identity? I think maybe what PSG are best at, what we saw against Manchester City is probably what they should play. Um, but maybe that's not what the players want to do and from a supporters standpoint, I can just say there's a lot of people on social media again when during that game against City that we like what are we doing let's get the ball we're giving it away and but i think that counterattacking style of football where you concede possession sit back absorb 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 and then hit them on the attack a counterattack i think that is the identity that psg needs to adopt um, and maybe that works in in the uh, champions league but in the french league teams maybe aren't coming at psg as much I don't know. It's it's tricky. It's a balancing act. But PSG definitely have the players between Akimi and Mbappe and Nuno Mendes now to play that counter-attacking style of football. can yeah. Pochettino implement that and get everyone on board? Go ahead.
1: But here's the here's the difference, though. It's not that you always have to be the team that doesn't have possession. That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you look at the way they played in that first half, and they were making some really great connections and passes but the space was so the space was so tight and they had to be perfect and they weren't because quite frankly they don't have you know Messi's obviously messy, but Neymar and Mbappe are not you know Neymar is a really great technical player but When he gets into the final thirds, you know, sometimes he's not exactly precise with his passing and his movement. Mbappe is not a generally precise player. It's not like Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez. It's not that kind of just, you know, really precise passing that gets you, you know, gets you through defenses. Like they have very... um, you know, it, it, they, they operate better in space. So the key is to create space. And when they bring the ball into the front of the 18 and they bring that ball amongst all the defenders who are packed in, they're just not creating the space that they need. You have to figure out a way when you have possession of the ball to create open spaces and to spread out the defense to try to pull them out so that you can slip guys behind. And when PSG are more of a counter team, when they're able to, you know, pick you up at midfield, turn you over, that space just sort of naturally develops, and it develops when they counter too. It's just natural space. And you saw it in the, in the City game, where once you, once you got about past the 55-minute mark, all that space was just opening up and you could see that goal from Messi coming because PSG were just creating so much space due to the way they were playing in the game against Wren, They were trying to get the ball into the middle. They were trying to pass through the middle and it wasn't working because they didn't have space and they didn't have the technical ability to get that ball through the space. So, that that's where I think you have to be smarter. If you're gonna play that way, if you're gonna if you're gonna have possession of the ball, you really do need a nine. You need to put a Cardi out there. And I'm sorry, this is not a game for Di Maria. It just wasn't a game for him. And I think it gets confusing when you have that many guys trying to do the same thing out there. I just I I would You know, my advice is: I think that if they're going to be in a game where they're going to have more of the possession, I think you need a target guy. I think you need a Maro Acardi who can win a who can win a cross, who can get you sort of a cheap goal when you need it, because these teams are going to pack it in, and they're not going to give you the kind of you know smooth passing offensive (laughs) attack that you're trying to do in that game. And that was the thing with Ren; they just gave them nothing. So even when they got through, you know, they had a goalkeeper who played a heck of a first half. But I just I, I think and this is not me being over I'm trying not to be overly negative because I don't think there's I'm not I don't think they're in any tr- any trouble because they're 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 eight and one in the league. They're, you know, first place in the in their group in the Champions League. And they're they're gonna be fine for this month and this in the, in the, till the end of the year. I don't see them being any big issue here. That you know that you start to see you start to see them get rhythm in this game. But I wish they would just try to incorporate more of what they did against City. The sort of the patterns of play and the ability to sort of suck a team in and just create that space that way and sometimes, you know, maybe not try to monopolize the ball and not commit too far forward because they're still a, an unsteady defensive team. They're not locked down. And when you play that style that PSG play are trying to play, you're going to give up things in the back end. So, you know, if they score a goal, if friends score a goal, it's not the end of the world. But PSG have to score, on, you know, you can't be shut out in that situation. You have to, you know, you, you got to create some space. And this was the problem under Tuchel. The same thing I, I I yelled about for a for three months with Tomas Tuchel, where you have all this possession, but it doesn't go anywhere, and you can't break down a team, and then you give up a, a cheap goal on the other side. You know they make three passes and they're in. Same thing. Now, if Pochettino is going to you know make the different change here. You know, you want to give them some time, but here's here's where you sort of at a bit of a crossroads where it's like, okay, what's the identity of the team? What style are they going to play? And can they execute that style in a way that's consistent over time where they start to develop, you know, I'm ranting a little bit here. But I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where it's like, Manchester City have played that style for five years. They know how to play it. Atletico Madrid have been playing that way for 10 years. They know how to play it. You saw what happened to Juventus when they tried to go away from the way Juventus played for all those years and they tried to become, you know, Maurizio Sarri and Andrea Pirlo. It didn't work. It didn't work because that's not who Juventus is. And PSG have to understand, you know, what is the identity of this? It's important and they have to figure it out. Or they're going to be in the same position they seem to always be in where every week is a every week's an adventure. And you never quite know what team you're going to get. They got to figure out that consistency, and the problem with with that is PSG have such a high standard of play, and they're supposed to win every game by three goals. That you know, it's hard for a manager to stay in there long enough to really put something in. And you, you you saw you know with Tuchel, he had two and a half years, and he couldn't do it. In two and a half years, and he couldn't put a system in that 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 had any rhyme or reason or coherence to it. Pochettino's in for eight months, and I think you see signs of something. But now is the time where it has to start to come together. You have to start seeing the system and seeing the style of play. And if we start getting into next, you know, January, February, March, and we're still having this question of okay, which PSG are we going to see today? Then I think at that point you really have to start questioning things.
0: And that was a question from uh, Ethan Parker at Ethan Parker three two four said, "What adju- adjustments does Poch need to make to not lose his job by Christmas?" Um, I don't think that's even on the table. I don't think
1: what what okay you'd have that he would have to be knocked out of the Champions League in the group stage. And does anyone really see that happening with how no. um, not good um, RB Leipzig look?
0: I think you are going to take. Yeah, yeah,
1: how? You go ahead. What I'm saying is, what would be the, what would be the catalyst for that? You would have to be knocked out of the Champions League in December for him to be out of a job. I don't think we're the
0: the catalyst would be Zidane picks up the phone or Nasser calls Zidane and he wants to be the manager. I think that's the only. You know, at
1: the end of at the at the end of the day, though, what would Zidane bring?
0: Like,
1: legitimately, what would Zidane bring?
0: I'm not saying much it would be much different a good, than
1: what they're doing now.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that PSG likes stars and Zidane's a star, and he's won the Champions League. And I think if he wants to be here in Paris, then I, I think that, that it would get done. I don't think he does want to be here, so it, it's kind of a moot point. But yeah, but you, you're thinking, I mean, Poch just needs to continue implementing his system, maybe start playing at Cardi a little bit more. Um, but you're right. I don't think. PSG are not dropping out of the Champions League. I I think they'll be fine in the domestic league, so I'm not worried about Poch losing his job. And there's really no one else out there who's available that would be exponentially better, other than Zidane. So, yeah, but I don't even know if Zidane in
1: a non Real Madrid context makes any sense. Like maybe he works as the manager of the of the French national team. I think that would make a lot of sense. But you know maybe managing Juventus makes sense, but I don't see any real attachment. You know, one of the, one of the strong things about Pochettino is that he does understand PSG's identity. Like, I think he has that going for him. I think he understands what PSG were like in the late nineties, early two thousands. I think he gets the, the culture there. And I think that helps. I think it helps to have a manager that understands, you know, where he is and what kind of club he's running. So I think that's helpful. But, you know, I'm just looking at it and I'm going, can you continue to afford to keep changing the manager? And, yes, this is sounding pretty rich from somebody who was very strongly for them getting rid of Tomas Tuchel. Tuchel out. Yeah, I I was all for that because I felt like, and this is part of it too, that, and I think the part that I think a lot of Tuchel defenders will kind of ignore, which is I think he quit on the team. I think it was obvious he quit on the team. I think he was giving interview. he was giving his exit interviews before yeah. he was even fired. Chelsea tapped and I felt him up like, for sure. Yeah, I think there was, I do. I think there was, clearly he was just not invested in the same way, and I think he'd gotten tired, and it's not the kind of, the culture fit was never really there. So, You know that was sort of a mutual. I think that was a mutual thing there. Me personally, but with like Pochettino, like, are you going to fire him? What are you going to fire him after he's been here a year? You're going to, you know, you're going to extend him for another extra year and then fire him, even before the original contract runs out. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that doesn't fiscally make any sense. And you know, at some point, you have to you know, firmly plant your flag in the ground and go, this is the kind of team we are. And you have the players for it. Now you have two really young, promising fullbacks that are playing fairly well. You have um, a good attacking three, obviously an awesome attacking three when you can get, once you get them really, um, once you get them all linked together and they start playing together more, I think they're going to get better, obviously. And you're back, you know, your center backs are good enough. I mean, if Chelsea can win the Champions League with, you know, Antonio Rudiger playing center back, I think PSG can win with Marquinhos and Kimpembe and Sergio Ramos. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's too big of a stretch. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, can you just have some, you know, confidence in what you're doing? (laughs) You know, really, can you have some confidence in what you're doing to the point where you, you know, are able to just let Pochettino have the year? I don't see any bottom falling out here. There's no sign of it. PSG probably should have won that. Honestly, PSG played better against Wren than they probably played against three of the other teams that they beat this year so far. You know, I think that mess game where they played terribly and won two to one or one nothing or whatever the heck that was. Like, you know, this was one of those where I think the games that they played poorly and won in, I think you finally sort of got the, the come around on that, where this was a game they played in a little better, but they lost. So.
0: And they weren't the only ones. Um, real Madrid, they lost. I believe Bayern Munich lost. Yesterday, Barcelona lost to uh, Atletico, but Bar- or Barcelona are just a dumpster fire. So that wasn't a real surprise. But, yeah, I mean, Big clubs lose all the time in domestic leagues, and it can be for any number of reasons. They underestimate the opponent, injuries, maybe fatigue. We've got the international break coming up, so maybe some of the players are looking ahead to that and what they need to do for their national teams. Who knows what the reason is, but you're right. PSG typically do lose a game after a big performance in the Champions League, and if you ask me would you rather beat City 2-0 or lose to them and then win against Rennes, I'll take the way things played out. I'll take a loss in, in league on it's not that big of a deal considering the cushion that PSG had built up. Um, yeah. And,
1: and yeah, go ahead. And it's one, and it's one of those, you know, it's those, it's the, it's the game before the international break. Um, I think half those guys are, you know, had their, their heads already, you know, in the international break and maybe that's not professional of them, but PSG have been doing this for years. And I do think there's to a certain extent, they need to solve this problem. Cause it did cost them last year where, you know, they had those big champions league wins and then they dropped points in the league and those points were the, the points that ended up costing them a league that they very easily should have won. You know, they shouldn't be losing. The, I'm sorry. They shouldn't be losing to Lille on 82 points to 81 points. That shouldn't happen. So it is a problem. I wouldn't say it's the, it's not a, You know it's not a team defining problem but you have to but you have to fix it a little bit you can't be what was it was it one win in their last six games after the champions league that can't happen that can't happen it's got to be more like 500 or something you can't have i understand there's some games where you just exert so much energy and this is where again I'll, i'll i'll get on um i'll get on pochettino a little bit here this would have been a good game to do a little bit of rotation. Yeah, Ren are pretty good. Yeah, Ren, you know, played hard, but I think you may have gotten a little more out of Paredes and Herrera. And, you know, they tried to rest Herrera, but, you know, play Paredes maybe, um, play a Cardi from the start of the game, maybe Abdu Diallo in this game somewhere. You maybe just do a little more rotation and just, you know, you have the ability to do that. And maybe you get a little more out of those guys than you do, um, Same guys you had out there on Tuesday, practically the same team, you know that you had out there on Tuesday, where you know those guys are all wiped out and they're tired. So I think there there there's a real argument to be made that they should have rotated the squad more here. But then there's that counter argument, which is Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe haven't been playing together very long, and they need to get game minutes. So there's that argument too. So you're saying maybe we give up a game here. To just get those guys a little bit more rhythm, and maybe it'll you know come through on the maybe it'll come through on the back end. So yeah, I would go for rotating the squad. I think you could play Neymar and Mbappe and Messi, and still rotate the squad a little bit. You know, I think you can accomplish both things. But um, uh, again, I can't. It, th- this is a, this is a an industry of results, and so far the results have been pretty good. First loss of the year, took them till October. And they're going to have two weeks to, you know, international break. And they'll come back and they'll play, you know, pretty pretty decent schedule.
0: They've got OJ on um, October 15th. And uh, looking at the table, they're in fourth place. So that'll be a tough match. And when you look at it, I mean, PSG are on 24 points. is in second on 18. But, I mean, if you go all the way down to eighth place with uh, Lille... They're on 14, so four points separate eighth from second. So when you, people talk about, oh, league is isn't competitive, okay, sure, PSG are the favorites, but the rest of the league is really close. It's going to be a, a really entertaining French league this season, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that the the struggles of Lyon, Monaco, and Lille early have sort of taken some of the steam out of it. But if PSG drop a couple games here and there, it could, you know, it could come back to be interesting again. But you see Lyon. I think Lyon drew to Saint-Étienne today. It's like... Mm-hmm. Saint-Etienne are last-place team. If you're Lyon and you're trying to win a title, you're not, dropping, um, you're not dropping two points to Saint-Etienne, especially when Saint-Etienne is in last place and they haven't won a game all year.
0: And, and it's so, sad to see Saint-Etienne down in 20th place. They were the first French team, I believe, to win uh, 10 domestic titles, and you know, it's one of the, the proud French teams. I know Monaco and Marseille and, and even Lille recently. There, and, and there's some, you know, PSG, of course. But, you know, don't forget about St. Etienne. They, they have a, a really a storied history. It's a shame to see them down in the relegation. I hope they can uh, fight their way out of that. Uh, Mark, we're at the halfway point of the podcast. So I think this is a good time to transition into what happened. What is that? Last Tuesday now. PSG, yeah. Manchester City. PSG went 2-0, but I think anyone watching that match would have said PSG didn't look that great. And so I guess my first question to you would be, do you think that that was part of the strategy with Pochettino? And I think I know where you're going to go with that just based off of our previous conversation. But do you think this was Pochettino's tactics to sort of sit back and let City just keep attacking them and then hit them on the counter? Or do you think PSG just kind of had to scramble and they got a little lucky with those two goals? Um, what did you think of Poch's tactics in that one? Very
1: hard to, it's very hard to, to beat Manchester City possession wise. And I, I'm curious if there's a way to look that stat up of how many times in the last five years, Manchester City have lost the possession at the possession battle. I can't imagine it's, you know, they've played hundred something games I can't imagine it's more than 10 it can't even I don't even think it's 10 yeah they may have they may have outpossessed every team they've played it's a distinct possibility so this idea that PSG with the kind of midfield they have are going to go toe-to-toe with Manchester City possession wise is just not it's not realistic the uh, so in the, in
0: the Manchester City Liverpool game today City had 52 percent possession so just to give you an idea I yeah, and that. Liverpool and Liv- that was a two two draw, right? Uh yes, two two draw. And, and
1: and and Liverpool are a team that PSG can sort of emulate sort of stylistically of what you know what you know I think Atletico Madrid, Liverpool are the sort of kind of things that PSG are trying to do. And those teams have been together for four or five years, long long periods of time, and they know how to play their style. So I think PSG in this game against City, I think they understood, look, the first half we're going to struggle a little bit because City are just, they're just, they have patterns of play. They have a style that they've been cultivating for years. And what we're going to do is we're going to absorb that pressure, you know, get lucky here or there. They got that early goal, which helped them out from Idrissa Gay. And then, you know, after the, afterwards, you just sort of have to do what they did, which is force City to come at you. And I think tactically, what they did well is they took away the middle. They didn't allow City to get free kicks in the middle of the field. They didn't allow them to drive on them in the middle. They took it away. They forced them to go wide, and they forced Jack Grealish, and you know they forced Jack Grealish and uh, Riyad Mahrez to beat them on the wings. And that was smart because PSG have the fullbacks now to sort of be able to take them on -on one-on-one. And I I think Grealish is a a slightly overrated player at that position. I don't think he's a game-changing kind of player that City think he is. And um, PSG were able to force City into the kind of game PSG wanted. And by the 60th minute, PSG had a whole load of space, and they were able to hit their counters. Idrissa Gay played another awesome game. The problem with him is he really yeah, can't Matt. string two great games together, but he, yeah. he he played the most important one well. And um you saw he was able to bring the ball out, they were able to get and break City's pressure pretty easily by the second half cuz City had sort of tired themselves out and then you, you know, leave the door open for Messi to 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 make a goal like that. And that's how PSG are going to win the Champions League, folks. It's not going to be you know anything about any big win PSG have ever had in the Champions League? I don't think they've had the possession edge in any of them. I go back to Liverpool or Bayern or Dortmund or any of the games, those big games that they won. I don't think any of those te- I don't think they outpossessed any of those teams. To be to be honest, there and, definitely
0: is a difference between what supporters want to see from this team, which maybe is a lot like Liverpool, that kind of like heavy metal, hard rock kind of like football, just. Lots of running, lots of pressing, lots of scoring opportunities. And we just, we're not going to get that with this PSG side. We're going to get absorbed the pressure, hit on the counter, take your chances. PSG in that game against City had three shots on target, scored two of them. I mean, that's a great conversion rate. You, they're going to
1: be able to heavy metal teams. They're going to be able to heavy metal some of the lesser teams Leipzig, in, in the Champions yeah, sure. League, Leipzig. And I think they'll be better against Brugge next time. But like, I'm sorry, you're not going to heavy metal City. You're just not, unless you've played that style for a long time and you've settled into it, which is somewhat of what Poch wants to do. Poch wants to play that English kind of style that get in front, get in your face. That's why they signed G- you know, Jorginho Album. That was the whole point of that. The whole point of Wijnaldum was that they were going to try to play that heavy press style, get in your face, and Wijnaldum's the perfect guy to do that. What's happened is they've played a very different way insofar as you want guys like Herrera and... Um, You want guys like Herrera and Gay to play in the style that PSG are currently playing as opposed to what Wijnaldum does. So, you know, you see that PSG are sort of trying to make an attempt at it. I think they tried to attempt it against Brugge and it didn't really work. You know, against City, it's just, you know, they tried it sometimes, but it's just not going to work. So do you, you know, in, in and this is sort of the problem is they can't, you know, they can't keep a system long enough to actually develop it and you know against a team like city you kind of have to play a different way to win and i i don't know if the supporters hate it i think the the ultras probably like it because it's more sort of an ultras kind of style it's you know it's it it, it's harkens back to sort of how psg have played in the past and maybe we we should think that they should be beyond that but they've never really kept a coach for longer than three years so you you kind of you kind of get into the situation where you can never really establish anything. So this sort of becomes the identity at the end of the day because you don't have enough time to really establish any other identity. And this is why I'm saying with Pochettino, it's like, at some point you just have to say, look, we can play this roller coaster game the way we've played it for years and years, or we can try to see if something works. And here's a guy that's, you know, as a coach, He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to, you know, go out of pocket. He's not going to say stupid things. He's not going to try to get himself fired. You know, he's going to be a good soldier. He's going to work hard. He's going to try to appease the players. He's going to try to play his style and it may work or it may not. But I think it's, I think you saw against city, like he clearly can put game plans together to beat good teams. Like, you know, Tuchel had that ability, and and uh, Poch certainly has that ability. You know, he's beaten Bayern, he's beaten Barcelona, he's beaten City. So like, it's not like he's not beating anybody. Yeah,
0: just the consistency is not there. I do want to ask you about the defense because we saw today against Rennes, PSG allow two goals. You know, for both from crosses. But against City, even with all of that possession and all the uh, creative ability on the ball city were shut out. PSG did not allow a goal, no headers, no goals from set pieces. So I didn't really see anything that different. Does it really just come down to that desire? The bright lights of the Champions League are well, sort of wakes up.
1: No, also, it's the difference between having two midfielders and it's the difference between having two midf- holding midfielders and having three midfielders.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That's part of the difference because When you only have two midfielders, and you have somebody like Idrissa Gay who likes to get forward, and you see how he likes to get forward, and then Verratti, who also likes to get forward, you have to to balance the thing better. And I, I thought that was really the difference. You saw that goal, the second goal, where they just had no midfielders tracking the, there was no midfielder tracking that run out of the midfield. So they just sort of gave up that um, – they gave up that sort of an easy, soft goal because they couldn't track out of the mid – you know what I'm saying? They couldn't track their um, – they couldn't track the runner because they didn't have an extra midfielder in. Like, they have to play with three – mid. they either have to play with three midfielders or three center backs. Like, they, they, ha- they have to beef that defense up because it's just not – you know, you, you just – I really think that's the main problem. I think you, you just can't play – that attacking and not, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can't play in your attack with four forwards. A midfielder has to come up and help. Like, you have to to bring your midfielders into the attack. You can't just play with Messi, Neymar, Mbappé, and Di Maria trying to pass to each other. It doesn't work. It works in space when you're able to counter like they did against City, but it doesn't work in a situation where you're trying to possess the ball. So you have to bring midfielders out of the defense and you have to bring them up to try to help. So when you do that, you get hit on counters, which is what happened. So my whole point is I think they can solve these problems by not trying to sort of appease egos and not you know, trying to play Di Maria because Di Maria needs a game. But you know, you're going to have to make hard decisions and they're going to have to play three midfielders. Either that, or they're gonna have to play three center backs. Pick one, because you can't, you can't go through the whole year, you know, defending that sort of shabbily when you don't have, um, when you don't have the amount of just the. It's just sheer numbers at that point.
0: Right, right.
1: And it really is. It's just sheer numbers, and um, it, it it allows for the other team to sort of get lucky, and they did a little bit in the end of that game. They got a little lucky on the first goal. Because they just, you know, PSG kept themselves kept uh Laporte on side and Mendez didn't see the Mendez didn't feel him coming from behind. And on that second goal, they just sort of all got sucked back and there was no midfielder to track the run. So I think you can solve those problems tactically. It's just figuring out, okay, what's the what's the lineup and how do you how do you approach it and where do you get Di Maria um where do you get Di Maria minutes? Like, you know, if you're going to get Di Maria minutes, you know, maybe that's a game where you sit in Mbappe and you play a Cardi. I don't know. But you, you you can't just say those three have to start every game and we just figure it out around them. We, we like, also to know ha- what's
0: going on behind the scenes. You know, there's always politics at PSG, and, and Poch may have his hands tied with this. He may be told if they're healthy, they play. Sorry. I mean, know, it might yeah. Be the way well, it is.
1: Fine, but if you're gonna have to do that, and I understand that because you're paying those guys a lot of money, Di Maria is the odd man out. I'm sorry, he's the guy that plays when one of them's hurt, right? And that's he's, he's got one year left on his contract. Why do we have to appease, appease him? him?
0: Yeah, and he would be the first to be like Messi. like he was probably instrumental in helping get Messi here. They both play on the yeah. uh, Argentina national team, so I'm sure he's fine to take a backseat to Messi.
1: I just I don't understand. Some of these things that are and I really don't understand that one because it's like there's just too many attackers there in a in a league gun game where you need to be a little bit sturdier in the back. And they're never gonna play that in a champions league. If they play that in a champions league, they're 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 friggin' insane.
0: Well, let ask, just... Sorry, let me ask you about away from the tactics and all of that. There was an incident in this game, uh, Kevin De Bruyne with a just an ugly challenge on Idrisi Gay. Thankfully Gay was not injured, didn't have his leg broken or anything like that. What was your take on that tackle? I looked at the the replays. The official was staring right at it. Um, it was a yellow card, which, from my interpretation of the rules, means that VAR does not come into play. If it was a straight red, I think VAR would have reviewed it. And so to you, what what do you make of that tackle? And do you think that officials should, in instances like that, just give the red and let VAR kind of double check them. And if they're wrong, then VAR will fix it. But at least you give replay an opportunity. In this case, there was no replay opportunity whatsoever. And I thought De Bruyne got away with murder there. And then um, of course, in the post game, no, as I, I did, I, no, I, we'll I, I think about that for a sec, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I, I think you might, I think there might be a mistake there. I think what's not reviewable are two yellows. I think a second yellow is not, you know, I think a second yellow, a, a straight reviewable. red
0: should be. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but
1: I, a straight red is. But I think if they just given him a yellow card, I think they could have reviewed that and, and upgraded it to a red. I'm I pretty sure that's so. been done. They've. I'm pretty sure that's been done. I think it, it. they have to be able to upgrade it to a red. It doesn't make any sense to just, you know, if they give a yellow card, it can't be reviewed. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: I'm looking so, it up there. The there's four um, instances where an official or VAR can come into play. So I'm reading this right now. Uh, the video assistant referee will only intervene when they have the evidence for a clear and obvious mistake in a four in four match changing situations, goals and offenses leading up to a goal, peni- penalty decisions and offenses leading up to a penalty, direct red card incidents, and in mistaken identity. So those are the four. So direct red card uh, right. incidents. But
1: I looked at the challenge. Look, it's a red. I I'm of a. I'm 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 of less of a view that that you know I don't think I think the the way that they call that should be you know it was a bad challenge it was it's just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get angry about something like that. D
0: Maria should last year probably... rematch ban we saw uh, wan Busaca Manchester United red card. It's like fine I'm with you like if you don't want to call it don't call it but you can't have in other games where players are getting. Sent off and suspended for challenges, not nearly as bad. And then De Bruyne comes in, nearly breaks Adrisa Gay's leg, and oh, just a yellow card, carry on. Like that, that can't happen. No, I, we mean, need I'm not, I'm
1: not, I mean, I mean, I wish I could offer a, I wish I could offer a counter, but I really can't. Like it, it is what it is. The the ref missed the call. Like it is what it is. Like, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I had to officiate a. You know a seventh eighth grade girls soccer game because they literally had nobody else and i'd never done that before and i just looked and i, I did not i'm like off. no i called a couple of, i called a couple of uh fouls and some you know nice. stuff outside the box but i did i did you try to stay out late, but the point being i can o- just watching that like being in the middle of that like just not you know trying to figure out what position you have to be in like i can i can only imagine having to officiate a game where Killian Mbappe is running twenty kilometers per hour, and the guy sticks his leg out, and you have to make that call like right then and there. Like I, I try to not blame it on the refs because it's like that. That's so, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. There, there's times like today where Rudy Bouquet just does a terrible job as an official because he's just awful. He, you know. But then there's you know there's the good refs that are trying to. Officiate this super fast game and make split decisions, and sometimes they get the decision wrong. And maybe replay, maybe they'll look at that in the rules committee and they'll give them a stronger infraction. It's possible. We, we were talking and, yeah, to we're,
0: um, on the PSG Talking Podcast, we had uh, James from PSG Unrestricted, uh, another English speaking podcast, and, and he said, it, it, in his opinion, it comes down to a lot of uh, referees not wanting. VAR to kind of like overrule them they they want to be the person making the decisions and so in my mind go ahead and give the red and let VAR double check and make sure that was right or wrong but by giving the yellow it's kind of the official saying I'm the authority what I say goes I don't need replay to tell me how to do my job basically I thought that was a good point I I would I would tend to agree I think refs are pretty uh again and I think
1: Part of that is they know their job is hard, and they don't want to, you know, keep getting second guessed every, you know, every five minutes. I, I can, I can get that to a point, and I just don't think it affected the game one way or the other, to be honest.
0: Well, I think it does because if De Bruyne, I mean, he's—you could make the case—he's their best player—and he gets sent off. Manchester City are down, and I believe that was in the first half, and so forty-five minutes down a man. I think PSG. Could have even scored more, and then after the game, of course, you had morons like Jamie Carragher, who says, "I don't watch PSG, but they're not winning the Champions League based off a two-nil win." And he doesn't even mention the fact that De Bruyne should have probably been sent off. Um, co- talked a little bit. I don't know how much you saw. If we're, um, if
1: we're expecting, if uh, if we're expect, I didn't watch any of the post game. You didn't watch any. I, okay. Why, <laughs> would I, why would I do that to myself? But it's great. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you do? The post game was embarrassing. I'll just fill you in. I mean, Jamie Carragher was probably the funniest. I mean, he literally said, I don't watch PSG, but they're not going to win the Champions League based off of one performance that they won 2-0. Like, I don't know how CBS or whoever pays his paycheck continues to pay him. That was one of the most moronic things I've ever heard in my life. I don't watch this team, but off based off of their win over one of the favorites teams in the Champions any, League, they're not going to They win. don't watch
1: any games outside of the Premier League. None of them do. No, none of them do. This is what I'm saying. They they watch they watch the Premier League, mm-hmm. and then every week when you know Tuesday Wednesday they watch the Champions League, and they evaluate the teams that they don't have to watch. They don't watch Juventus. They don't watch Real Madrid. Really, they may watch the Clasico, but they don't watch. I don't think they watch. You know them play Levante or anything. Like it's well, you know it's just they, not their, can, it's not their job.
0: No, and Carragher. Well, I mean it kind of is covering the Champions League, but then Carragher was talking about, well, look at when PSG made the finals, and they got an easy draw. That's the only way that they could get to the finals this year, if they get an easy draw. And I was like, Atalanta at that point was the hottest team in Europe. Nobody wanted to play them. And then look yeah. at how many great players are. we're at Leipzig uh, two seasons ago that are now playing for Bayern Munich and Chelsea. Um, they, that was an incredible squad. The manager is now coaching at uh, at Bayern Munich, like that yeah. was not just some small little German team. That was a team of really fantastic players. So they didn't get an easy draw, and they did definitely didn't get an easy draw last season in the Champions League, where they came up short in the semifinals. Um, but it, the the post game, especially Jamie Carragher. I mean, he is just an idiot. Everything he said made me stupid. Like just listening to him, I was like, everyone is now dumber having listened to that. Thank you. And God have may, may God have mercy on your soul. To seal the Billy Madison line. I mean, he was just an yeah. idiot listening to him, and so he's welcome anytime to like, come on here. I, I just try not. I just try not to let those things get me upset
1: anymore. Like,
0: they look, get me upset.
1: they're they're there to they're there to say things that people are going to re, to to repeat. They're not there to say canned yeah. lines. Like, at least I give them credit for like, you know, trying to say interesting things maybe they're outlandishly interesting things but it's better than when tbs had it and steve nash was trying to fumble his way through being a being a sports broadcaster like it's better than that but you know and i think they're trying you know but everything is english centric so you don't that's not that's not the angle you're you're always if you're psg you're all and you're watching it in the united states you're always getting it from an english perspective. You're not getting it from a French perspective.
0: And, and think about so it from just, their point just of Just deal with it. Yeah. They, they know the majority of their audience is Manchester City. So any way that they can coddle yeah. their fans and tell them what they want to hear, that means those people are going to be tuning in, listening to them more. Because they know that they're not going to be offending the majority of their audience. The PSG segment is very small, so they can basically say PSG yeah. go to hell, and nobody cares because most of the people who are watching aren't well, PSG fans. Look,
1: if you watch an NFL – if you watch a football game in, the, in America, you watch the NFL – you, you know, and you're watching it in the, in the New York market, you know, you can't, you're not watching the, you know, and you're a saints fan, like at the game today, like the saints, you're not going to get it from a saints perspective. You're going to get it from the giants perspective, from the people who are paid, you know, to, to cover it in that way. And they the CBS people are paid to cover it from an English perspective. Cause they have the, the, the other, the, who's the other guy with character, Whoever that guy is, who's actually not, who's actually pretty. He, good. he used
0: to play for City. I forget his name. Yeah,
1: but, no, but you happened. got this guy that used to play for City, and then you have Jamie Carragher, who's a Liverpool guy. Then you have Kate Abdo, who's a, um, is an English woman.
0: She's amazing. You have,
1: she's great though. Yeah. I, but I'm, I mean, but she's just you don't home. have. She
0: doesn't really get into the the game. Yeah, but
1: you know if they they don't have you know, Ambra Godlin or. Or Laura below, or you know, why not they don't Jonathan have,
0: Johnson? They employ. They don't Johnson. have Jonathan.
1: They don't put Jonathan Johnson on the panel because no. he's more of a, a beat reporter for them. But you know, they're not doing it from a, they're not doing it from a PSG perspective. I just sort of live with that. If you don't want to hear the announcing, you can watch it in Spanish too, where they sort of at least do it from a little bit more of a neutral. You know, if the, from the you know, yeah. they at least do it from a bit more of a neutral perspective.
0: Even probably more PSG centric, just because of the, so many South American players. They're probably a little bit more pro PSG. Yeah,
1: I just, I just don't, I, I, just again, I think it's sort of six to one, half a dozen at this point. Honestly, yeah.
0: I think if PSG can go to uh, Manchester City, I'm just looking up the fixtures on that one. So PSG will go on November 24th. So right around Thanksgiving here in the United States. So uh, um, that'll be. Amazing! It'd be uh, match day five of six, so we'll see where the standings are. But if PSG can go up to City and do the same thing, I think that's gonna shut up a lot of the Jamie Carragers and everyone else. Um, well, they they, first play. they gotta get first they gotta get through Leipzig. Yeah, should be able to get through Leipzig. And um, so after the international break, PSG play Angers on October fifteenth, and then PSG will host Leipzig, who just seem ready. I don't even think they'll make it to the Europa League. I think uh, Bruges will probably finish third. So. You gotta get three points to get Leipzig. Yeah. Le- Leipzig looked
1: like it Leipzig looked like a team that sold all their players and got rid of their manager. That <laughs> that seems what te- that seems like what they look like. They look like a team that, you know, had its run and it seems like their runs over. Yeah. So PSG really should be able to take advantage of that, we would hope.
0: And it is a little sad just with uh, Jesse March, uh, the uh, manager for Leipzig. He's an American. We don't have too many Americans coaching in the Champions League. Um He's probably the, the only one um, yeah. in probably several years. And so i um, like to see him do well, but not against PSG. Well, hopefully we can trounce them. But, Mark, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Any parting shots, anything you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: Um, just let's get through the international break without any injuries if we can. And then if That's they can cool. do that, then we will be pretty in pretty good shape, hopefully.
0: Yeah, that's always the thing, right? Can we get through these with no injuries? I hate the international break, so we'll see. Um, Mark, let everyone know how they can find you on Twitter.
1: They can follow me at MarkDamon9. Fantastic. And
0: I am at PSGTalk. Um, go ahead and give me a follow or check me out over there. I'll tweet out a link to our Discord server, the PSG Talk Discord server. We've got fans from all over coming and talking about the games and uh, jerseys and Champions League and transfers and all that good stuff. So come over and join us on the on the discord server uh, subscribe to this podcast as well as our other one psg talking and the new 24th and Park podcast um we got three podcasts now so i guess that's, we're
1: starting we're starting that up again
0: yeah it, 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 we had they had their um uh, tie had their first episode not too long ago they're probably going to be recording another one here soon so yeah go ahead and subscribe to all of our podcasts we've got a nice little network there uh, so you don't have to listen to Jamie Carragher. thanks so much everyone and we'll catch you next time bye au revoir for now